This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the original, the old Coke Go Powercat, Powercat Podcast. We've got so many podcasts. we got Tannehill and Spiller now. That sounds like a big-time show. It's just a Powercat Podcast. It's not on ESPN or CBS. It's right here in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. Technically. It is on technically. CBS. Technically, it's on CBS I. I am Tim Fitzgerald. That is Riley Gates in his orange parking lot attendant shirt. And this is Zach Carlson, producer of the smash hit show, Fast Five, which sounds like a car chase show. It's actually a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of them. It was, them the fifth it was Fast and Furious. It was a Fast and Furious movie. Travis just said it, and I'm like, well, okay, that's what we're doing. I that's like probably it. why he said that. Honestly, <laughs> we should hope that thing, that piece of content doesn't go, like, crazy viral because I feel like there's some copyright infringement there. I feel like Vin eh, Diesel's no. going to show up here. If Vin Diesel shows up here, we can have him record the Fast Five. <laughs> Yeah. I'm Vin Diesel. Here's the Fast Five. This play didn't work because that dude didn't do jack crap. <laughs> I'll punch him. Okay, Vin. Thanks, Vin. <laughs> I have no idea if that sounds like Vin Diesel. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, this questions podcast, your weekly podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, the old dog. Although last week was our highest downloads for the old dog since joining 24-7 Podcast Network, that network. People were hyped, and then K-State lost a football game. We had a huge month um, last month and downloads. I, I want to seriously thank everyone who's started listening to the PowerCat podcast and uh, joined in on the party and now has got it downloading regularly to their devices. Yeah, we we set what we thought was an aggressive goal for September, and we blew by that. I think on the 19th, and then I upped that goal, and we blew by that, and then I upped that goal, and I blew by that. Basically, we took the September goal and the August downloads 
and combine them into the actual download goal. Actually, we felt like 44 short of that or 34 short. 44. I was mad. You kept upping it. I, I know. I upped it like four times. The point I, of a goal is to not yeah. continue to make it bigger. <laughs> no. If you're fundraising and your goal is $5 million and you get to five, you go seven. That's go different. <laughs> I was That's different because you don't ever fail at fundraising. At the end of the day, if you've beaten your fundraising goal and then you set a higher goal and you don't get there, you still have all that money. I feel the same way about our downloads. That was a bunch of people listening. It's fair. But anyhow, the PowerCat podcast has taken off in our many forms, uh, the most popular of which have been the uh, pregame and postgame. The Insiders has done really well on some episodes. Oh, well, on the episode Ryan Black wasn't with us. Everyone likes the sultry Georgia accent, and then he leaves, and we have significantly more downloads. I don't understand it. Brought me on. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's probably true. And this one always does well. The uh, overtime oh, is so the, hit and miss. Hold on. What's the what's the similarity between that? <gasps> I'm on both. I was on the good insiders. I'm always on this podcast. You're <laughs> on the pregame podcast. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think we found the secret to our podcast success. It's me. I'm turning it off. We're sponsored by the fridge. I need to get in there and get a beer. Go in there and drink it out of the cooler <laughs> and get tap. arrested. Yeah, after Riley Gates' proclamation that he is the source of all things great and good. Our first half is brought to you by Tanners. They are the source of all things great and good. Get in and see Charlie and um, say, hey, they had on the game. They were one of the... Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that your throat? Like, yeah. yeah. Just like made a noise. <laughs> uh, they were one of the first ones to make sure they had clearance to show the game. What a weird thing ESPN Plus is. You cannot show this in commercial establishments, except we'll look the other way. Yeah. I don't think... I really feel like the Big 12 and ESPN Plus didn't think this stuff through all the way. Well, did you see Kellis' story today? Oh, I did not. Um, the Big 12 is standing by ESPN Plus and really made no comment about the difficulties and the struggles during the Kansas State game. That's so Big 12. Gene Taylor's pissed. About the Big 12? About Big 12, like, or about ESPN Plus. Yeah, he said... He told Kellis, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't want to pull up the story, he said, we were told this would be ESPN and ESPN2 quality. We were sure of that. He said, we put on a better production with our in-house they media do. people. Now, for all of you really sweating the fact that there's going to be so many basketball games on it, all the non-conference games that were previously on FSN uh, with, you know, Brian Smoller, or excuse me, Ben Boyle and uh, Stan Weber doing the call, they will still do those on ESPN Plus. The in-house production will be the same. So as long as ESPN Plus's stream doesn't collapse, then they'll be fine. Didn't bring the right equipment. I, that's what we're told. They didn't bring a piece of equipment they needed to make sure it was good. They brought the wrong color commentator. Brought the color commentator from the clown show. Yeah. Yeah. Just go to the games from now on. Yeah. Just, you know what? I encourage all fans that don't want ESPN Plus to get one of those big old-timey radios, you know, the, the ones with the rounded top, and they're about three feet high, 
and just nestle the family around it like it's the damn depression and you're listening for the news. <laughs> I, I can't believe ESPN Plus is like, well, we don't care about the fans not don't get watch games. It's very ESPN. We're ESPN. Suck it. <clears throat> That's a good impression of ESPN. We're ESPN. Suck it. It's your questions from All Bass Station. I'm on caffeine. Here's Zach. Uh, to start things off, I like Pickles Cat won the prediction thread. Picked. He was twenty three per. He was twenty three points off the score. Would you stop? <laughs> he was twenty three points off in that one. No, he's one of very well, few people who pick Oklahoma State. He picked Oklahoma State, so he probably could have picked fifty to two and won that. No, thing. he couldn't have. There were <laughs> there were scores higher. He was the lowest score, I think. What was his score? Thirty eight to twenty four. <laughs> If I had told you, Riley Gates, Damn Kansas pickles. State was going to hold Oklahoma State to 26 points, you would have said... Hey, don't step on our questions. <laughs> don't step on our questions. That's what I would have said. Stay tuned. Later on the PowerCat Podcast. From Adam K 63 is Oklahoma State cheating by having a Canadian as their running back? <laughs> you know what's scary? And Mike Gundy pointed this out on the teleconference. He, is not, he has yet to play 12 games. In his career, he came down. He came down. He redshirted, and you know he played in. I think you know very few games. Yeah, because they had what's his name. Whoa! Tornado warning. Just oh, set all of our phones off. We are in a tornado warning. Yeah, we'll continue. Should we, should we pop? Actually, this is the room we go to. In case of <laughs> We're good. Chuba Hubbard's so good at football. He really is. I would take him right now if I was an NFL team. And the thing, I don't think he's going to go because of the lack of experience he has. I don't know. Also, that means there's less wear and tear on his body. That make, might make him even more valuable as a running back. I think Mike Gundy's going to say, to hell with the NFL. I'm going to get all your usage. Because he, he's got to run him into the ground. He took 13 snaps or t- 13 carries less in this game and still ran the ball 24 times. Mm. But I just think. You know, obviously they they blocked it well, but uh, he was just so fast. He was uh, elusive, and and he's a strong runner too. I mean, he's he's the perfect combination of everything. And that was when we thought uh, uh, Montgomery, not Montgomery. What am I? Uh, I can't remember his name. What in the hell? I totally spaced his name. But the I'm just. Guy. Uh, I'm just like he's just I'm blown away. What's wrong with me? I can't remember any names anymore, Joe. I, I'm just I'm blown away by the by how good he was. Um, obviously, we knew how good he was going to mm-hmm. be coming in, but he he even surpassed my expectations. And now we go to the other corner of the newsroom for this weather update from Zach Carlson. Yeah. That was a weather update sponsored by the Justice Church. Hill. Good God, Justice Hill. Sorry. Is there a tornado on the ground in Manhattan, Kansas? No. Did someone see a flock of birds going in a circle and thought it was a tornado? Probably not. Okay. Folks, this podcast goes up Wednesday morning at GoPowerCat.com, but we will give you live, on-the-fly weather updates from Tuesday evening. (laughs) Moving on. And... Please, if something severe happens to us, check please, the podcast. Yeah, please retrieve the mini disc. What is it called? SD card from our recording device for history. 
Back to you, Zach, with more questions from Wabash Station. From Concert Cat, if you told most of us that we could hold Oklahoma State to 26, let's be honest, 33, with that late question. drive, we would have been over the moon. Who let us down more, the offense or the defense? That's why I wanted you to not ask that. <laughs> what a stupid question. Who? Well, there's no question who the offense that? let them down. That was, oh, it was a bad offensive effort. Um, a bad game plan, a bad effort. Look, the Bad defense, execution. defense played well. They bend but didn't break. Four times they held them to field goals. That that should have been a very ugly game. It should have been it should have been, you know, what we thought it was going to be in 2017. Well, I mean, honestly, if it had been a more competitive game, Mike Gundy would have gone for it, but who knows if he would have made it. I mean, so they could end up, you know, Oklahoma State fans, well, we would have gone for it if it was a close game. Well, you did that at Texas and it didn't work. You ended up losing. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to tell what would have happened, but I think they would have been more aggressive if Kansas State had shown a sign of life on the offensive side. Look, when you're not getting first downs on offense and your defense is going out there very quickly again, and then you are, uh, you know, you're you're going. It's it's hard. It's physical, obviously, and you're slowly and slowly getting a little bit more worn down. You're eventually going to give up something, and that was what they did in you know the 84 yard touchdown run by Chuba, the 55 yard pass to Tylen Wallace. They're, K-State's not going to give up those plays all the time. They clearly have shown the ability to uh, to shut down those kind of plays, but you can't expect them to do it for four quarters when they're not getting any support. Agreed. From the dot two, is this what an offense looks like against the Big 12 when you haven't recruited very well for years and you don't run your quarterback into the operating room? I don't know about the second part, but yeah, when you don't recruit very well. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it, and I warned you from the very start, the problem with the program isn't the frontline guys, it's the next wave, the backups, that they just don't have enough bodies. And in fairness, that didn't include receiver when Chris Kleiman was hired. Zuber transfers, good move by him, um, but he didn't have much choice. And Ryzen uh, does naughty things and has to leave. And now Malik Knowles is injured. And those were going to be three of the top four receivers. What do you mean Zuber didn't have a choice? He didn't have a choice. He, had a, he, he wasn't going to be eligible for most oh, of the Oh, that. Okay. Sorry, I... Spaced. So here we are, down to uh, Dalton Schoen and and not enough threats. They're going to have to find someone. But look, they they're also going to have to scheme better. They're just going to have to do some things. I mean, you can run some rub routes and do some stuff that might free up receivers. I thought the play calling was dreadful, but then the uh, offensive line just didn't do anything. They that was. That was sad. They better figure out how to block a, the three-man front, which they occasionally brought Dan to a four-man front. They kind of shuffled things. You shouldn't. If the other team does stuff you don't expect, you shouldn't go. Well, hell, screw this. We, yeah. we don't know what to do. That's what it looked like. From Purple Cat two seven one, why was the ball thrown twenty yards downfield when we had third and short? Was it a bad play call or a bad read by Skylar Thompson? I mean, I. I think this is just a, a broad question in general. Skyler missed a lot. He wasn't he wasn't seeing everything. He was escaping the pocket like that. I mean, but a not, few times the pocket not escaping the pocket in a wise way. Right. He he wouldn't step up in the pocket and then run. He would flee the edge, which almost never works. At the end, I th I truly felt like it was almost 
snap, and I'm I've already decided I'm rolling out to the right. I've already decided this is what's going to happen, and I'm sure some of them might have been by design, but not every single one of those was. I mean, he was he was jumping out of there so fast, he was scared, and that prevented him from seeing everything. Because when you roll out to the right, what happens? You lose your offensive lines, uh, you know, the main protection where they're at, and so you're not seeing everything. It's it's not. I don't want to say it's not accept or it's not acceptable because you know you're never going to see every wide open receiver. You're never going to make the perfect read every single time. But some of those were just horrible. I thought it was a mix of that and then a few questionable play calls. You know, there was a a fourth and five that they went for, and what play did they run? A deep shot to the end zone. No, what, no. what the hell was that? Uh, that one didn't make any sense. I think it was play action, too, as I, if you're running it on fourth and five uh, in that game. Look, I, you know, I think they felt a little comfortable with that call based on what happened against, who was it, Nichols, when they threw the deep ball on yeah. fourth down. But look, this isn't Nichols. Should have realized that. Yep. From I Like Pickles Cat, did Wyatt Hubert have a breakout game or was it a flash in the pan? I think that's what we're going to see from Had him. a game. I mean, <laughs> He honestly, if you take us three games, we talked about how much Nichols was getting rid of the ball quick. Bowling Green was Bowling Green, and they probably didn't really call a whole lot. And then he was out for Mississippi State, so I felt like this was the first game where they said, "All right, Wyatt, go be Wyatt," and it worked. That was a beautiful play. That sack. I mean, it was about the only beautiful play all night. But well, he was. He got held a lot too. Mm -hmm. They just started latching onto him. Yeah, I. You know, I just felt like things didn't go K-State's way from early on. I mean, he had the nice sack, but just gave up too much stuff on defense for that offense to outscore, unfortunately. From D. Bremer 73 what was your opinion of the officiating? <laughs> I was about to go there. I didn't think it was horrible, but I thought they missed a lot of holding, and then there was – I just saw a great replay that Chuba Hubbard replied on where he was clearly in motion on a fourth down quarterback sneak. He was moving towards the line of scrimmage at the snap of the ball. The only guy really in the backfield behind his quarterback, and he's clearly moving. And he said, I thought I was playing Canadian ball, because that's what you can do in the CFL. <laughs> um, and the best part of it is at, as the play comes in, he, he looks around, does a full 180 look over the right shoulder, over the left shoulder, looking for the flag, because there should have been one. Like I didn't. I didn't think it was a great crew, but K State's problems far exceeded anything with the officials. What far I exceeded. What I hated was I felt like they were calling. I felt like this was a stickler. Don't have any fun crew. You know, obviously there was the the unsportsmanlike conduct or ce excessive celebration or whatever against Wyatt. Um, and you know, I just thought I thought at times they were looking for. Okay, who's who's celebrating too much? Who's uh, questionable late hits? I mean, like, like yeah, you got to call call the flag if there's a flag. But like, I thought at times, you know, they weren't focusing on the main ones, holding pi, the big calls. They were they were looking for those make a statement type calls, which was I didn't I kind of remember that ref, and I want to say that he's done that before, but I also feel like I could be making that up in my head. I like it when you do that. From Purple Poncho Villa, is it just me, or did it look like John Holcomb wasn't ready to play when we burned those two timeouts? It's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good act, uh, representation of it. I will just say I don't think it's just you. People, I 
It frustrates me when people get on this promotion train, play this guy, play this guy, play this guy, play this guy, and then he plays, and it's like, well, that's probably why he's not playing. There is so much talent in that kid, though. Oh, yeah. He's just not going to be a quarterback. They just need to embrace that and move on. They worked him at tight end this week in practice, or last week in practice, I guess. So it could be coming. John Holcomb is six foot four and two hundred forty nine pounds. He has a gun better than Uncle Rico. He launched a ball into the stands. That's a good reference, by the way. Yeah, and he and he can run very fast and very hard. We saw that, but he has not been on the field until times were desperate against Oklahoma State. I think that tells you all you really need to know about where John Holcomb is at in terms of knowing the offense. It's exactly like Daniel Sams. And I mean, I'm not trying to just start comparisons again, but he did not play as much as people thought he would because he did not know the playbook. He didn't know how to run the offense. And I feel like that's kind of where John Holcomb's at right now. And I would really hate to see it get to a point where we start a John Holcomb versus Skylar Thompson based on potential rather than taking what we've seen, and that is that he is struggling to do what he needs to do when he gets on the field. From Powercat Ryan, was the Oklahoma State game a one-game anomaly or closer to reality? I want to say in the middle. I don't don't know. I feel like it was maybe the bottom of the curve. And, you know, I I don't think that's what you're normally going to see. I just don't. I think it was just they ran into a buzzsaw on a night where they were honoring a significant benefactor to the university. They didn't play well. They weren't fired up for whatever reason. It just all added up to what we saw. And still, they only lost by 13 points, which is pretty amazing. So I think they're going to be better. If we see it at home against Baylor, and Baylor has a better defense than Oklahoma State all around, I think. If we see it at home on Saturday then there's reason to be concerned. But I, I think they'll work out some things in practice and get back to what they need to do. Like I think if K-State plays that Oklahoma State team ten times, I think they could beat them five or six times. Um, Will those ten times be on ESPN Plus? Uh, three of them. That's too many. <laughs> I think if they played them ten times, the running game would be 200 yards or more six or seven times. It just so happened to be this one. But I don't think the running game is going to be, you know, Bowling Green and Nichols every single game. So it's it's right in the middle for me. It's it's a pretty even split, and that's why I'm a little, you know, hey, let's, let's see them against some other teams. Like I wrote about on Sunday, that's the best offense they're going to face in the Big 12 outside of what Jalen Hurts is going to do to them. I don't want to think about that. So Don't, don't bring that up. Every team they face moving forward, with the exception of Oklahoma, is not going. Maybe Texas is not going to have as many lethal weapons to beat them with. It's a little bit more even of a playing field. From KSU number one, what are the positive takeaways from the Oklahoma State loss? A few and far. <laughs> well, I think we saw <clears throat> uh, some promising signs from defense. Ability to lock down in the red zone. Very good. I like Blake Lynch. Yeah, he was nails on that. It didn't matter, and we didn't really care about it at the time, but he was nails on that 46-yarder, which is good because I was a little iffy about him right mm-hmm. now. Which too. Uh, Devin punted like an animal, but the, we knew the that. The plane landed safely, although I'm told that was almost in doubt. There was a foggy, foggy night. Lovely. Saturday night, and the 
passengers of the plane suspect that the ground came up on the pilot pretty quickly, <laughs> and it landed with a thud. Those are always fun. Like a s- severe thud, like snap off the wheels thud. Oof. Mm-hmm. Welcome to back home to Manhattan. I didn't see anything out of the offense that I can take away positively except for new plays being called. There were some wrinkles that were thrown in there a little bit, and they definitely caught them off guard at times. So, you know, maybe they've got a little bit extra stuff in there that they can they can take it and throw out, but it's, it's, a, it's a small list in my opinion. From GT Cat, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being versus Oklahoma State and 10 being versus Bowling Green, how do you think our run game performs against the Bears? I haven't studied Baylor's defense enough just yet to give a super accurate pick. I'm going to say they'll be in the low 200s. It'll be better. They dice Baylor. They dice Baylor's defense last what year. What is that, a five or six? I don't know. Seven? Six? Seven. Well, well, they had, they had three, 14 or Chris, something like Chris that. Chris Kleiman alluded to something very interesting, that after Kansas State, Alex Barnes in particular, destroyed Baylor's defense, they changed their defense. They immediately started doing different things and have done so ever since, and it's working. So maybe they throw for, say, 900 yards. So maybe... Baylor switches back in honor of Alex Barnes. I don't think to their so. crappy defense. I don't think so. That'd be nice of them to do that. It's Fort Riley Day, and if you don't let like K State win, you're a communist. I'm willing to go with a six because yeah. it's going to be way better than Oklahoma State. But they're not going to. I'm just going to spoil the surprise now. I don't believe they'll have another game that tops in terms of yardage. Nichols and Bowling Green. Now they might have better running games. In terms of effectiveness, but I don't think they'll top those yardages again this year. From Fervent Purple, we seem to be two different teams between the Mississippi State game and the Oklahoma State games. Which team shows up on Saturday? A pissed off team. The one in white pants. <laughs> Damn. I I don't know. I mean, you're asking me to make a wild prediction that I can't see into the future. I don't think... Well, I think it, it's going to be close to the Mississippi State team because that team didn't play particularly well. They made a lot of mistakes. Mississippi State sucks, by the way. <laughs> Mississippi State's clearly a top 10 team. That was going to be a banner win. <laughs> and then they got trounced. I would like to say that I think Mississippi State would have beaten Auburn if Kansas State hadn't hurt their feelings. <laughs> I, yeah, they got trounced and their dog got run over. I think I think their psyche got messed up when Bully got hit. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it'll be better. I, I think we've seen rock bottom, and I think it's good that the players have felt rock bottom. They now know what what their, not preparation, because everyone says they had good preparation, but maybe their mental preparation leading up to the game will lead to. Didn't every, every team in the history of sports have good preparation throughout the week? No, that was a Bill Snyder thing. If the team didn't play well on Saturday, it was because of our preparation. Now, I would have loved to ask him on Friday what their preparation was like, but he would have said, ask me on Saturday. So it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they played well, preparation sucks. If they, if they played poorly, preparation sucks. If they played well, maybe the preparation sucked, but yeah, they were better. I don't know. That makes sense. It's, sure. I, th- I really, it's Baylor's telling. Baylor's really telling because... It's it's coming off of a loss you have taken. I think it's 
All right, I go by the motto that if you got to lose to learn, then you're pretty damn stupid. But you did take something away from it. I want to get you that T-shirt. Yeah. I hate that. Like, when we were in high school, we, we were on, like, a 30-some game winning streak, and we lost, and all like all of our team, my teammates were like, oh, you know, it's good. We refocused and this and that. I'm like, no, losing a game is never good. So don't tell me that you you learned from the you know, just you just took took some things away. Ryan Black with the question of the um, interviews on Tuesday, the press conference. He asked Coach Kleiman about you know, basically you're not familiar with losing. Does that make it easier or harder? And and he thought he wasn't going to get much of an answer. And he had a golden answer. Yeah, you know that Chris Kleiman said it. It was really tough. It's tough. You don't know how to deal with it. I thought he looked like at times in that. Late in the game, he looked like a coach who hadn't been in that position very often. He didn't know. Because he hasn't. <laughs> I know. I mean, he kicking that field goal doesn't make sense. No. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but if you've never been the head coach making that decision, uh, people, you're sitting at home watching the game or even in the stands, there is no pressure on you to be smart. But when you're the head coach on the sidelines – once in a while, you might just make the wrong call, and that was the wrong call. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, that's that's not. I don't up think on you it. said last question on the podcast. Yeah, I forgot. Of the, of the I realized well, that. How I've was tried. I supposed to know? This, Zach, we got to start Zach, all you have over. Two, Zach, you have two jobs. No, three jobs. You keep us on the tracks. You read us the questions. You tell us when the questions are over. Well, I just told you the questions are over. Come on, man. Hey, he keeps us on the tracks, and really. With me in here, that's the best thing someone could do. That's it for the first half of the PowerCap podcast, your questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be back on the other side with more of your questions, because that's what we do. That's why we named it the Questions Podcast. I mean, if we named it the Pudding Podcast, we'd have pudding. Stay locked in. The PowerCat podcast will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome to the last PowerCat podcast ever <laughs> as we podcast from the WTC gig-powered studios and tornado shelter in downtown Manhattan. We will soon find out if foam padding for sound suppression can save your life. I feel like that kid on The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> 
This is your questions podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Get into The Fridge. They're so awesome. They have grocery carts. Little one of those little grocery carts you can fill with alcohol and go up and say, "This is my selections." You know, I buy, I buy a kit every now and then. I run out of like beer and whiskey at the same time, so I go in there and you know I'll grab a bottle of Crown, which isn't cheap. And then you're going to grab something else, and then maybe you got maybe I got to grab like a third thing, you know. And then I'm sitting there trying to hold it all at once and carry it out to my car all at once, and I'm like, you know what? The shopping cart would probably be a good idea so I don't drop this $50 bottle of whiskey. But I'm too much of a man to put two things into a shopping cart. I believe that you're too much of a man. Funny, when I go to the fridge, they say, Mr. Fitzgerald, do you need help carrying all this stuff out? I'm like, yes, I do, because alcohol is heavy. Well, I've been asked before um, if I need help carrying something. And you answer, no, I'm too much of a man. Okay, I should rephrase it. Not too much of a man, too proud of an individual to admit I might need help. That would be your second T-shirt to come out of this podcast. I'm too much of a man. (laughs) And misspelled too. Nice. Because you won't admit you made that mistake. You're right. Get into the fridge. If if we survive this, we will. Hey, you know, we've kind of moved things around here a little bit at Go Power Cat because as Zach studies the analytics, does the deep dives. Actually, we just looked at views. We, we stopped doing the sample, <laughs> and uh, we now replace a sample with two things, essentially. Well, not really. Uh, the Fast Five with Travis Tannehill now is our video breakdown. That replaces the VIP content. On that side, and then Travis and Monty Spiller are doing a podcast that replaces my Tuesday podcast I was doing, uh, which got lesser numbers than the other ones until I had Kevin Keatsman on. And then it's the biggest podcast we've had in the history of Go Park Hat. So that one went off with a bang. But it, we didn't cancel the Sources podcast. It's just on hiatus, as they say in the television industry. It's on hiatus. Do they say that? Yeah, you go on summer hiatus, hmm. and then you come back. It's on fall hiatus. Well, we give you two football players talking to other football players about Kansas State football. The Tannehill and Spiller podcast. I was really happy with the Fast Five. we got to polish the edges and clean it up a little bit, but it's cool. It's dope. Zach did a nice little open. And people love it. It's doing well. Very good. Can't, can't be sample that. Those numbers were impressive. So good. <clears throat> so good. Oh, uh, where I was going with this is uh, to stock the set of the sample, I had to go in there and buy a significant amount of booze, which was fine. I'm always down for that. But I never imagined it would only last three episodes, and then all that booze would be now in my garage, $500 worth. Except for the White Claw, which is on Riley's desk. It's actually in the fridge right now, so it can be chilled. So when I go home in about an hour... You're going to take it and use it? Drink it. Huh. I'm certainly not just going to look at it at the office all day. I thought it was cute. It's White Claw. We should play a game and see how many White Claws I can drink and still go to a press conference. Let's not play that game. That's a joke, people. It's a joke. We should just play a game and see how many White Claws you can drink. A lot. Actually, no, I'm going to be like, I just started drinking those Natty Seltzers. Mm-hmm. I can only drink about like 
three or four before they kind of start to like get a little heavy. Get a little tummy ache. Speaking of tummy aches, how <laughs> are you going to transition yeah. into this one? <laughs> you won't get we one. We get from one when we, when we eat two slices of mac and cheese pizza. Let's be honest. You will get a tummy ache if you eat two slices of mac and cheese pizza. You knocked out two slices last week or two weeks ago. Not a mac and cheese, though. Oh, that's true. I mean, it is very rich. It is delicious. But, man, seriously, wow. It's like having a stick of butter. Which is also delicious. It's like having a stick of butter. Uh, in terms in, of taste or cholesterol? Both. Get into the high-low. Great pizza, incredible burgers, fun appetizers, and Chicken terrific sandwich drinks. sandwich is good, too. Thanks. Get into the high-low. It's right <laughs> well, there. Well, you did everything. In the middle of that block in Aggieville that, where that thing was. You... What thing? What? <laughs> pizza Hut was. That's right. Right next to where the Pizza Hut thing was. The, the Pizza Hut thing called the Pizza Hut. <laughs> I didn't feel like they needed. Uh, they they abandoned Aggieville. They didn't need recognition for that. Here's your questions. For God's sakes, read a question. From Monica on a Go Power Cap podcast last week sometime, someone mentioned that we would start to see the playbook opened up a lot more going forward. It didn't appear to me to be more open, was it? I Disagree. Think they, I think they did try some new things. It just didn't work. They came out of the weather delay with a pass to not just a tight end, to a unknown tight end in Sammy Wheeler. They threw multiple passes to the running backs. They threw a deep bomb to Nick Lenners, which... God, he almost caught it. And I that could I predicted Nick Lenners would be third in receiving, and that could have put me in amazing position with that prediction. I'm really starting to look like I'm going to go 0 for 10 on those, by the way. That's awesome. Uh, that's great. I'm proud of you for that. Uh, real quick, um, Monica, you have to check your DMs. You got a little green outline on your icon up there. Go click that because you were the question of the show the post-game podcast. So you have a gift certificate coming from Caddyshack Golf. So go do that. Click. Click. Because I need info from you. Uh, I think we will see more stuff this weekend. But I think they're going to go back to their some of those same blocking schemes. They, were, they just were out of sync. They were bleh. I said they tried to put in too much this week. Hmm. So... I don't know. It's kind of like they had two slices of mac and cheese pizza at Hilo. Sounded like a good idea. Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be It was enjoyable well. for a while. Oh. And it blew up in their face. From K-Ned, Skyler seemed to throw some hissy fits and let himself get rattled in a way a QB1 just can't. He, yep. per- he, he perseveres in the long run, but does he let the moment get to him? Get him too high or too low based on how things are going. I think this will be something Chris Kleiman addresses with him. That your body language and your demeanor is amplified because you're the quarterback. You can't throw your helmet down and go sit on the end of the bench and and look pissed off at the world. That, that was like the first, like one of the first times I looked up at the TV in the press box and I was like, Eesh. It was bad. Yeah, it was not good. It was bad. He, uh, he's got some lessons to learn about being a quarterback. And one, step up in the pocket, and two is don't throw a fit like that. One of the things I really appreciate about Patrick Mahomes, and you can say that football's easy for him because he never has bad moments, but if there's a bad call or a bad play, he doesn't let that 
be amplified. I mean, he doesn't, he rarely complains to officials. I saw him do it once in a while, but most times he's like, okay, we got a penalty, let's go. You just got to, your team's going to take on your demeanor at times, and I think Skyler communicated his demeanor. And I'm not going to totally, you know, take a dump on him here because I. Excuse me? <laughs> I didn't know how else to phrase it. I don't think that he. Uh, we are leaving that in. Okay. okay. I, I, I understand his frustrations because you're doing so well, everything is going so great, and you, you have full trust in the plan, and then it, it doesn't just fail. It blows up in your face, you know? Um, I think you can be frustrated, but it, there's there's a line on, on what you can do, on how you can act, and sometimes you just got to bite your tongue and, and kind of swallow swallow the pride, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just kind of where you're at. Good take, Carl. From what? <laughs> what? Uh, whatever. Also from Ned, do the last two games indicate that football is football when jumping from FCS to matching wits with average Joe Moorhead type head coaches? But is it different when we f- when when facing successful Mike Gundy and Gary Patterson types? Look, Mike Gundy isn't known as a great football mind. I just don't think it was a good day. Don't read too much into. Oh, you're overrated. I don't. I don't buy that. I. I. I just don't think it was a good day. And I mean, you're basically saying if you lose and you look poorly, then you know that's that defines you more than your three wins. I gotta say, K State fans, some on our board, some on Twitter. I was a little. Uh... I was a little shocked by how quickly people were willing to jump off the train there. Oh, he doesn't belong at this level. Yeah, I. Now yeah, fans are just that way, but it could have been so much worse. ESPN Plus gave people something to vent. Yeah. <laughs> it, when K State doesn't play well, just stay out of the way. You know, don't because they will turn on you if if you have one bad take or something they don't agree with. You suck and should die. Okay, well that went a little too far. <laughs> That's too dark. From D. Bremer 73, given the Oklahoma State game, which freshman do we ask to give up the red shirt? It has to be Josh Youngblood, but also they have to use Josh Youngblood in more than a jet sweep. Yeah, that was intriguing. I, I think I don't think Josh Youngblood was redshirting. I think they had made that decision already, well, right. but it, now it's ironclad. He will play, but you're right. They have to incorporate him more, but he's not... He really doesn't play the same position as Malik. He's more of a slot guy that you run the jet sweep to. But I would put him back on kickoffs. Well, I mean, just anything. I mean, I think you could put him in a lot more routes. He's going to make people respect him a lot more than probably than Landry Weber's going to. And I think Landry's been great. Don't get me wrong. He's been a really good receiver so far this year. But I don't think there's any reason he should be playing over Josh Youngblood because I think Josh probably has better athleticism and, and could help him out. Um, a lot better there. I was very intrigued that for two games now we haven't seen Jackson Ean. Unless I missed him. Like, full disclosure, could have missed him. I think him. he was out there. Okay, yeah. then maybe I missed him. I, but I, I remember seeing him because I'm like, who's that guy? Oh, that's Jackson Ean. Okay, he's, never mind. He looks like a chubby little kid out there. And he's actually a rock, but he just looks... Look, awkward. there's no freshman on the roster that I think they're currently hoping to redshirt or even not playing on redshirting that you can just grab and be like, oh, that solves all our problems. Yeah. I mean, that's just freshmen, most freshmen in general. I mean, at receiver, Keenan Garber, 
I don't think has the speed to be a difference maker. He could maybe help a little bit, but he's not going to be like, oh, man, thank God we put Keenan Garber on the field. If you move Chris Heron, you know, he's moved a receiver, but if you decide to burn the red shirt and move him out there, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a burner. He's kind of a Chris Harper type. It's kind of the situation you're in. That's why getting Malik back is is crucial. From King Jim seventy seven, what role do you see Chris Heron playing in the future? Given that Holcomb <laughs> appears to be the number two. Sorry, I totally forgot I put that question. You're welcome. Well, he's going to be a receiver, but I mean, I think I think they're fine with if they move Holcomb. They feel like they still have three quarterbacks that can play. Jaron Lewis. Mm-hmm. I think Jaron Lewis will move right into the third role. They won't play him unless it's necessary. Holcomb can still take snaps and mop up time. Chris Heron, though, like, Chris Heron should be the, like, what, seventh option, I guess? <laughs> I mean, they got a lot of people that they should be throwing the ball to before Chris Heron this year. A, because he's freshman. B, he doesn't know the position yet. I mean, even though he's worked it a lot and has been there for a, lo- a, a lot of weeks now, he doesn't know the position in the same way a guy like Wyking Gill knows it, um, in the same way that that uh, even Josh Youngblood knows it. I mean, he's been playing it um, for how long and, and now is, was primarily recruited, A, for this system, B, for that position. It's going to take Chris Heron some time. So if they continue to have issues in the receiving game, I don't think you know clamoring for Chris Heron to get out there is necessarily the thing to do. This is from Kellis Robinette from the Insiders. Do you know what Josh Youngblood doesn't have in common with his other receivers. He has a Y in his name. That's very good, but that's not the right answer. Shown, Weber, Brooks, Gill. Walk-on, I heard that. All former walk-ons. <laughs> so, I mean, right there, you kind of understand how poorly recruited the position was. That, yeah, you did a good job finding walk-ons, but here you are, you just... Don't have enough guys out on scholarship. You know, you're not going to get the the six foot one speed demon as a walk on. You're going to get guys that are walk ons, good players, sound hands, work hard, but there are limitations there. From Purple Powerhouse, do we have any any indication how these coaches will deal with adversity? I think they're over it. You say diversity or adversity? Adversity. Because diversity, I'd hope they embrace it. Adversity. I don't know why it's important how the coaches deal with an old, old wooden ship. <laughs> but. Okay. Uh, what is that from? Anchorman. Anchorman. I knew it. Um, I, we're going to find out. I mean, this is another question where you're asking me to guess on the future. We're going to find out. If they respond with a win and they look good on Saturday, everyone go, oh, okay, never mind. You know, I think it's – you mentioned the, the answer that Ryan got earlier at the press conference. I think that's actually pretty telling of how they're going to handle it because I feel like, you know, before the season, if you ask Chris Kleiman that, and I think we did, you know, how do you deal with a loss, he'd have played it off, you know. Oh, we know it's not going to be North Dakota State, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And now you get this true, honest answer of, yeah, it, it was it was really tough. So I think they kind of got hit with a a little bit of a surprise there. I think they realized, okay, got that one out of the way. We know what it feels like now. We know what we need to change, how we need to be you know different in this week. And um, you take it into the game. And again, it goes back to that 
no, I don't think you should have to lose to learn. But I do, I do think that maybe they, they understood something a little bit new with this. Here's a test of adversity. If they lose Saturday, it'll be the first time these North Dakota State coaches have lost twice in a row with Chris Kleiman as head coach. <laughs> Yikes. Do not want.com. Yeah. From, from KSU number one, should the Big 12 take ESPN to task for the horrible production value of this game? Apparently not. I mean, they should, but apparently they're not. But Gene Taylor is. Look, I'm not going to say K-State or KU or Texas or, you know, not Texas, but because it'll be crystal clear for them, probably better than ESPN. I'm not saying you need to cause an issue, but, like, at what point, if you're one of these schools, can you, I guess for lack of a better term, boycott? I mean, look, if K-State is on ESPN Plus again this year, which I feel like they could be, be. that KU game, there's no reason it should be, it absolutely will be. on TV. If it's bad again, I, you can't, you cannot keep putting up with it. You go to Bob's, Bob Bullsby, you go to ESPN, I don't know who you go to. That's, that's Gene's Taylor issue to figure out. But there's... You cannot just settle for it and then them just say, oh, well, yeah, we, we, you know, still working out the kinks. We still have faith in it. No, you have this product. You promised it would be good. You made it a big deal. You made people pay for it. And then you failed. And it's one thing to, to fail on, you know, if you're a quarterback and you throw an interception in practice, that's, it's whatever. You, you learn, you just go to the next rep. You throw an interception in a game, it's a pretty big deal. ESPN Plus can't keep dropping the ball like this, and there needs to be a consequence if they do it again. Why do I suspect there's nothing in the contract the Big 12 has with ESPN concerning Plus about upholding quality standards? Why do I have a feeling that there is no accountability for ESPN, that they, their lawyers sent a contract that covers all of them no matter what they do, how much they screw up, they're fine in terms of the contract. If you're the Big 12 and there's nothing in that contract that holds ESPN to any sort of standard that is precise and not just so vague a court will never side with you, then you should be fired. Uh, I get the feeling the Big 12 rushed this and didn't really know what they were doing. If the Big 12 had realized that, hey, Nobody can watch this game in a commercial establishment, according to this contract. They should have never signed it. Ever, ever, ever signed it. ESPN Plus needs to address that. I mean, that that cuts off so many viewers. If you're ESPN Plus, I think you look at that as an advantage. I go to a sports bar and I see games on from ESPN Plus. I'm going to go, five bucks a month and I get all these games? Okay. I'll do that. It's cheaper than buying a beer or two at a bar. I I don't think this thing was well thought through. And once again, the Big 12 is fumbling, stumbling, and bumbling through life when this should have been the right move. But they probably should have made sure ESPN was accountable for what they're doing because that was crap. Fans, not K-State fans, fans, customers deserve better than a shrug of the shoulders like, ah, it happens. From Queso Cat, 
With Shelton Miguel's commitment today, how would you rank this recruiting class compared to other K-State classes? Did you call him Shelton? It looked, uh, Selton. I, <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, there's no H there, but. Selton? Selton. Sorry. Well, Selton. Excuse me, Selton. Hey, uh, I get called out when I do stupid things. Let's go on to the question. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very good. They have to get a big man. They just have to. I mean, I'm, this is really cool. They've got three, you know, four-star, six-four-and-under guys. Three-star, but yeah, by our ratings. Okay. Good players. I figure we better stick to the – stick to the. but, yeah, no, they're all above the nine, uh, point nine on composite. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, th- I mean, it's good, but – you can't play the game without big men. It's yeah. So the the situation at guard right now, amazing guard, small forward. Mm-hmm. Just I'm looking at my scholarship chart here, and it's awesome because you know let's just let's throw this year out. Let's go into 2020 and 2021 that year. You've got seniors in in Cardi and Mike, and you'll have David Sloan who has tons of experience, and then you have Sean Neal Williams who will be a junior that year and, and obviously has two two years under his belt. You've got a promising freshman class with, with the two Gordons and Murphy who will learn a little bit this year. And then you're bringing in a talented freshman. So everything's great. But your big men, Levi Stockard, James Love, Nigel Shad. Hey. Yeah. Got to go get a big man. I think they can. There's still some out there on the board right now. Well, they got two in this freshman class, so that helps. right that too. But this, if they could get a quality big man, I'm not asking for a four star. I'm not asking for anything super big. Just get a quality guy who can competently put the ball in the basket, play good defense. This would be T.J. Johnson. Yeah, although I'd like him to be taller than six eight, but that's I just would take him my out. personal opinion. Yeah. If they could get that. This becomes Bruce Weber's best recruiting class ever at K-State. And probably the second best at K-State since, am I going to go there? I would. Since Beasley and Poland and Walker. Who would be better? Walker, but. Who would be better? The Beasley class? No, I mean, you said second best since. Is there a first best since? Oh. You meant the best I meant. I meant, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, the Marcus Foster class was hyped. Eh. It obviously didn't play out, but it was a good hyped class. So it's a really good class right now. They're doing really good. Just go get one more piece. Last question of the podcast from Kiji Cat. After the huge commitment of Miguel, how does K-State make room, as you said, for more commitments? Tough love. Oh. Reality. Were you talking about someone in particular who said tough love? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have to run some guys. It's a tryout camp this year. It sucks that that's part of the game, but it is. You, if they recruit you, they believe that you can develop into a Big 12 player if you're not that already. And if you haven't developed into a Big 12 player, I'm sorry. That's the way it works. Go play at a lower level. If you haven't gotten that much better, you don't belong well, as a free ride here to ride the bench and, and practice. I'd run off more than one. I'd go sign a couple of big guys if they're not productive. If you don't have production out of some of these big guys, okay. We're moving on. I mean, a guy like James Love, I love him as a person, you know, from the brief time we've gotten to interact with him. But 
let's say he undergoes another foot injury this year or something like that, and he's very minimal in production, yes, he's gone through some tough tough times in his his basketball career, but at some point you got to say, like, look, you're, you're clearly just not a healthy body, and you're never going to get there. We need to do what's best for the program. And you need to do what's best for you and go somewhere where you actually get on the floor. Are you still talking about him, or you're looking right at me? I'm talking to you. Oh, crap. Well, that's it for the Powercat Questions podcast. I got to go somewhere else and be more productive. Which means I'll go to the overtime, which we tape right after this, and shows up on Friday. It's like a time warp. It's the Powercat podcast every day at gopowercat.com. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox. Give me another one, Zach. Spotify. Spotify. Give me another one, Zach. Stitcher. Oh, I wasn't listening. Just subscribe to the dang thing. It, it, it just magically shows up on your phone or your computer or your whatever. Your pizza. No. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.